G'day guys, welcome to the West Tigers 2023 NRL Fantasy Preview. The Tigers finished with the wooden spoon in 2022 in a disaster season, which saw Madge Maguire sacked and a new team of Tim Sheens and Benji Marshall brought in to save the day. Joining me to discuss the fantasy fortunes of the Tigers, we've got Gussie. How are you, Gus? TK, mate. Very well, thanks. How are you? Pretty good, man. Now, you're pumped because this is your team. It sure is. It's, uh, and it's good to be back on the therapy lounge, mate. So, uh, where better place to discuss the Tigers' fortunes for 2023? Now, I could say that it can't get any lower, but it can because there's a new team. So, you can actually finish 17th. But yeah. we, we won't go into that negativity because the positivity is you've got some like really big guns on the horizon in Concord where we're at now. So, Yep, 100%, mate. A few new signings. And, uh, of course, we've, uh, we've got that $78 million centre of excellence in the mix too, so I think that certainly certainly helps things. But those new signings headlined by Coruscant, IPAP, Clemmer and Bateman, surely they're going to ch- turn, uh, turn things around for the Tigers this year. Yeah, talking about that, so 2023 gains here, Gussie. Appy Coruscant, Isaiah Papalihi, David Clemmer, Charlie Staines, David Nofaluma returns from loan, Tristan O'Reilly from Rugby Union and Johnny Bateman from Wigan. Now 2023 losses, Jackson Hastings to the Knights, Luke Garner to Penrith, Kelma Tuolagi to Manly, James Tarmout to Cowboys, Oliver Gildard to the Dolphins, Tyron Peachy to the Panthers, Zane Musgrove to the Dragons, Jock Madden to Broncos, and James Roberts retired. Now, mate, who is your favourite signing? Oh, no questions asked. It's got to be IPAP. Yeah, Can't wait nice. to get him in the mix. Um, you know, this guy's just so exciting. We've seen him become a certified fantasy gun in the past two years, and this guy's only 24, man, so I think the sky's the limit for IPAP. He's the sort of player the Tigers need. Considering the rumours think that he got paid about 600 grand for his level... And where the Tigers were last year, that's a bargain for me. I don't know what the selling point was or who sold him, yep, yep. but they've done a mastery job. 100%, 100%. And he was keeping quiet about it mid-season too. Um, you know, didn't want to discuss the, the move too much. So, yeah, who knows where they kind of landed. But if it is around that 600K mark, absolute steal. What a deal for the Tigers. And I think it's going to be a good deal for Papali. So. Yeah, absolutely. Now, one disadvantage is they have a number of World Cup stars. Well, Appy went, Isaiah Papali, he went. And then, obviously, John Bateman's not even expected here, if lucky, for round one. So that's a bit of a concern. Yep. But probably my biggest concern is how quickly they can actually gel and form a little bit of cohesion mm. and have an impact. Like, how long is it going to actually take? Yep. Yeah, for sure. It is, um, you know, I agree. It's a bit of a cause for concern. One thing is, you know, these, particularly the four big signings, so Coruscant, IPAP, Clemmer and Bateman, it's not like they're halves or streaky outside backs who really need to focus on forming those combinations in the preseason to get things right from the get-go. You know, these guys are going to have well-defined instructions coming through from the likes of Sheens and Benji. Yeah. And I'm fully confident that they're going to rip in and do the job and do it pretty well from the outset. I think given that, you know, Coruscant's sitting in the spine, maybe it takes a little bit of time for him to gel properly with, uh, with the halves, but... Who knows? But, mate, I'm, uh, I'm confident for 2023. One of the big things, I think, Gussie, that we've got to, like, why we need to be aware of kind of the value of a lot of these Tigers players is mm. the Tigers have their final buy in round 17. Yep, sure. Now, some of the teams, like the Bronx, Broncos don't have a first buy till round 16. Mm. So, mm. kind of, when we're talking strategy, might be we might need a few Broncos to start. Yep. But, realistically, teams like the Sharks, Tigers, who finish these buys first, mm. our end-of-season teams might be made up of a lot of Sharks and Tigers players. Yeah, agree, agree. And, uh, you know, that's not something you could confidently say over the past two years that you'd, you'd want Tigers uh, players in your side for the run <laughs> home because they've just been inconsistent as anything. But if the season pans out well, I think, um, you know, 
it uh, certainly makes sense to stack your team with a few tikes. I think so. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we do our studs, duds, cashies, bounce back, trap city. If we've got a little bit of time, we'll rip into some draft. But let's get into some player analysis here, Gossie. How good is this bloke? We're talking about Isaiah Papali at eight, 886k. Break even of 61. New club. Loses his jewel. Talk to me about IPAP. Yep. Mate, straight off the bat, let's address those potential negatives. So, new club, and he loses his jewel. Now, we know there's going to be a little bit of uncertainty around the role he's going to play, mm. given that we haven't seen him run out under Sheens and Benji yet. But at 24 years old, this guy's certified uh, his name as one of the best back rowers in the game, and he's a certified fantasy gun too. So, what is not to love? You know, just given, he's, given the fact that he's moved clubs, I don't think there's... Uh, a strong enough reason to believe that he's all of a sudden not going to be as good as he was at, at Parramatta. So uh, I'm expecting big things from, from IPAP. You know, he's so explosive in attack and D. And given that and given his work rate on both ends of the field, I think we've got good cause to believe that he's, uh, you know, he's going to chalk up 50 points of, of base per game. Um, and then when you throw in his uh, sort of mouth-watering attacking ability on the back of that, you can see him averaging 60, 65 week in, week out. So I think he's uh, he's a good option. He's probably fully priced when you look at him at, what is mm. it, 886. Some players are going to be fully priced, and he's just the out-and-out gun, right? Yep, yep, he is. But, um, you know, the Tigers do have a couple of buys around the, 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 the origin period, so you'd love to have him in there to, uh, you know, to kind of mitigate the fact that some of your big guns might be out with the rep duties and the fact that he does have those few buys around it. Not as, uh, not as good as we'd like, but... In saying that, he's not a bad player to have. He's actually in my uh, my starting thirteen at the moment. So Ooh. if all goes well, he'll uh, he'll be staying there. I hope I can work up to him. I don't know if I'm going to get him from round one, but I do want him at one point. But I was going to say halves. They're talking about Brooks being on the left, Dwayhee on the right. Yep. Also talking about IPAP being on the left with Brooks. Mm. I was trying to break this down in my own head. Originally, I said this might be a disadvantage, but now I'm thinking it might be an advantage because mm. I feel that Brooks might be. He loves those short balls that you're going to talk about probably a little bit later in the show. Yep. But then Adam Dewey, he is a bit of a run-first sort of half, so he might be not be feeding pups as much. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe he has landed on the right side. Yeah, yep. No, I agree. And I think on the defensive uh, side of things as well, you know, Brooks is a bit of a smaller body and he does get targeted by, uh, you know, opposing edge back yeah. rowers. And I think the fact that we've got IPAP on that edge with him, if he's, uh, you know, protecting him, it should see both uh, IPAP chalk up decent points in defence and should save... Uh, Brooks for, you know, playing some good attacking footy and not getting battered too hard. So, yeah, I'm all for it. Nice. Definitely a strong option there for round one, ladies and gentlemen. All right, next guy, Adam Dwayhe, we just spoke about. 771k, break even of 53. We saw his scintillating form towards the end of the year. Mm. He was running the team single-handedly, though. Like, he was playing next to Jock Madden and a couple other halves that were definitely just getting out of his way. Mm. Now, Luke Brooks is back. They've given him the keys to the castle yet again, but... What's the impact, do you think? Do you think he can kind of... Like, the Tigers are a better team. Mm, with him on, yeah. 100%. So you would have to think the players around him. So there's, there's a whole heap of different variables, right? Mm, you yep. go with the variable of Luke Brooks is now the team leader, mm, and yep, he might, his yep. kick metres and things like that might diminish. But then his importance to the Tigers team and the need for a lot of the attack to actually still run through him and him to produce a lot of attacking stats, him to kick goals... Mm. Like a lot of that actually increases. Yep. Yeah. So for the, sure. the, it kind of now I'm selling myself to the fact that he probably will maybe average in that mid fifties. I yeah I think yeah I think that's what you can expect this year. You know when Dewey does have the six on his back, he he's the real deal. And in my mind, you know maybe this is a bit of Tiger's bias coming through, but I think he's a hot smoky for Dally M five eight of the year. 
Um, you know, he's going to be paired on that lay, on that uh, on that edge with Bateman too, and they're both players who love to run into the line. Uh, so you know, I, I can almost see them ahead. Brooks hitting the line, drawing in one or two defenders, offload to Bateman for the line break. It's uh, could be could be a little profitable combination. So what are we thinking? Are we thinking maybe? Are you keen on him from round one? I think if you're running with Nico or Cleary, it's probably too much from uh, from round one. But yep. if you are opting to say bring in Murray and throw the captaincy on him, and you want you know a couple of uh, a couple of players in the halves who just aren't quite at that elite level, mm. I think he's a really good option. Um, he's probably competing with Burton for yeah. that sort of role as well. Could you go both if you had a Muzz? Oof, you could, you could. You probably just couldn't expect that rock-solid base out of a halves combination like that in, in yep. your fantasy side. But um, I think definitely one of them. You know, they, they probably do play similar, similar roles in your team if that's the strategy you're going for. So I think, uh, you know, Dewey could be a really good option there. Okay, um, so, so if you go down the Muzz route yep. with the captaincy, you're probably locking in Adam Dewey. Yeah, yeah. I, the way I'd go for it. Like it. All right, let's move on to... No, 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 no. Now, we've got two duds on our mind. I won't even price them up. We're talking about Brent Naden, Ken Mamalo. Mm-hmm. So, even with Brent Naden, like, again, you know, we talk about the Tigers maybe becoming a little bit better. Yep, yep. Him, like, he's got this jewel. He's under 300K. Is there any value Is you could see? Do you need to three-date him, maybe? Three-date, definitely. I think, you know, if you can three-date him, if that's what you need to justify his selection, then, then maybe you think about it, but... To be honest, I've got a strong avoid recommendation on all of the Tigers outside backs this year, particularly from round one. Um, you know, Naden is coming in at under 300k, and he has got that centre wing fullback duel. But the Tigers are just neck deep in outside backs at the moment, man. And there's not a lot of job security there. And you know, he's off season, uh, off field, off field issues have uh, you know have been something that has affected his fantasy output in the past. He's also you know a bit streaky, can be hot and cold, yep. some discipline issues here and there. He's prone to it. Brain snap, so I, uh, you know, I just wouldn't be getting around him from round one. Um, but there is a little bit of narrative, you know. He's had a kid, so maybe that <laughs> the kid narrative. Oh, you know, <laughs> external, <calm>. external <laughs> source of stability. He's, uh, you know, he's early, uh, early into bed on a Saturday night, looking after the little ones. So who knows? But um, if uh, if you're asking me, I'd steer clear of, uh, of Nathan. Now, Ken Mamalo. He was once seen maybe three or four years ago as one of the premier wingers in this competition, right? Mm. Like strong carry, huge body, yep. scores tries. But ever since he's arrived at the Tigers, it's just like he left his talent back in New Zealand. Yeah, I'd agree. I think it's probably worth mentioning that when he was in New Zealand, he was playing off some pretty creative halves there. And the Tigers in the last few years just haven't had halves that have been able to step up to that same yeah, level yeah. of creativity on a consistent basis. Um, and, you know, he sort of does look tempting. He's sort of 28, 29 years old. He's hitting his peak. He's not ridiculously priced, and he could could well be, a, you know, a, a starter for the whole season. But, you know, Tigers just haven't shown an ability yet to, to score enough tries to make you think that Mamalo is going to be a worthwhile option on yeah. that wing. Um, so I think you've probably got to give him a miss at, a, at this point in time. And, of course, you've got the trilemma. On the wings there with uh, with Staines and Nofaluma in the picture as well, so there is competition for spots. There's a bit of depth there, and Kenny Mamalo just too much of a risk at the moment. Mate, Nofa's an interesting one. They mm. could have discounted him, like they've loaned him out to the Storm of yeah. all places. Yep. So he ended up on one of the best back lines in in the comp. Mm. So he's scoring tries, breaking tackles for you know just for fun. Yep, yep. 
they should have priced him what he did at the Tigers. Yeah. And then he might have been some value. Yeah, 100%. But, um, yeah, it's hard to say how that wing combination is uh, is going to line up for round one. Uh, you know, there's even been talk of the, the Staines at fullback, Dane Laurie to six, Dewey in the centre sort of thing. So we really don't know how the, uh, how the pieces are going to fall there. But given the uncertainty, I think you've just got to stay clear of the lot. Yeah, good advice. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we've still got our cashies, some good ones in there too. Bounce back Trap City. If we get to it, we'll get to draft. But Talking League Textbook, that's out now. Features a comprehensive guide to NRL Fantasy for 2023. It's 180 pages, just full of the best dribble and absolute good analysis. 17 teams, predicting one round one lineup, season schedule, representative player analysis, 391 player profiles. It's got play- projections, classic and draft recommendations. We've got a Q&A with both champs, 2022, and Will, Will McAteer, and 2021, Shane Hewitt. Power rankings for the top 20 players, our bold predictions, classic and draft strategy and tips. Now, 20% of profits from the textbook will be donated to Bowel Cancer Australia. That's to honour the honour the legacy and contribution to the fantasy community of Steve Nichols, who passed away from bowel cancer a short time ago. Our partners at Game Day Squad have thrown in two free pack of player cards valued at $9.99 each. So that's pretty much your whole value right there. So more info, just head over to your show notes, your episode notes, or just go to talkingleaguepod.com. But it's out now. It's $19.95. You can download a free sample if you want to have a quick little look before you buy. But great way to support the podcast and also a charity and cause. Now, our friends at Game Day Squad, which Gus, they were calling you Game Day Gus, Cal was telling me the other day. Yeah, yeah, one of the uh, one of the formula former aliases, but uh, no, it's good, mate. It's been a big off season for GDS. I think it's safe to say that the boys and girls behind the scenes have well and truly been training the house down. Yeah, and uh, you know, as you guys have been saying, there's a load of enhancements coming through over the next few weeks. So exciting times ahead, and we're gearing up for a big year. Well, by the time we drop this, Cal's actually given me the groom light to actually start telling everyone about what's happening. So just head over to gamedaysquad.com.au. There's a transfer market. The prizes this year, Gus, are ridiculous. Yep, completely overhauled. Absolutely so huge. They're bigger than NRL Fantasy. They are. They are. We're licking our lips, that's for sure. So if you want to get in, there's heaps of different modes. There's a free mode. You can play with cards that you buy. There's just so much you can do with your friends. Dynasty mode. I can't wait. Like, I'm ripping in, and I can't wait to sell some of my cards. You want my Cleary. <laughs> Mate, I would love him. I'd love him. I think only problem, uh, only problem I'm going to face is uh, how am I going to invest as much time into GDS that I do on NRL Fantasy on a week-to-week <laughs> basis, but uh, I'm sure we'll find it. So, guys, get in there, gamedaysquad.com.au. Let me know if you have any questions. Just send me a DM as well. I'm sure Gussie would, wouldn't mind DMs as well. All right, let's go. Why don't we do – we'll do a little bit of bounce Last back. We'll do some cashies last. All right, Gussie, you've put two guys on there. I know you're big on your love interest, Stefano. We'll start at Brooksy because I know just reading some of your analysis for the textbook, you know, you've, you've really ripped in and you're really backing him. Yep. So yep. 613K break even at 42. Talk to me. Sell me. Mate, I know there are going to people... There are going to be people who disagree with me on on Brooksy, but I think he is primed for a massive year in 2023. Look, he's probably not one to go crazy for in round one, but I think with a genuinely solid forward pack around him who are going to lay a proper platform, you can afford to take a pun on him at some point in the season. I think the quality of the guys around him is going to bring out the the best in uh, in Brooksy, and really, it's now or never. Uh, so I'm backing him in. I think week to week, you could see 45 to 47 points out of him. 
So uh, expect expect big things, and I think he's going to add to the critics. You know, there's uh, there's been talk of him moving on potentially to the Knights for some time, but uh, I think once uh, 2023 is, is done, I wouldn't be surprised to see him extended for a few years and. Uh, Tigers fans confessing their love for Brooks once again. <laughs> what I really like is, I know he's been backed in the past by a few of his coaches, mm. but none of his coaches have played halfback yep. Yep. to the level of Benji Marshall playing halfback. Yep. Yep. So he's finally got a coach that can actually play the position that he's, and tutor him properly mm. in the position that he plays. Yep. Yeah. So there's a big opportunity for him to actually take his game to the next level. 100%. And, you know, Benji Marshall is no stranger to being a halfback under pressure. You know, he is, uh, he's been there, done that numerous times at numerous clubs throughout the course of his life. Yeah. Well, Benji had to evolve, right? He started as a 5'8", a running 5'8", who then became a game manager later in his career. And yep. some of the stuff that he produced back end for Tigers and then at the Bunnies was just scintillating footy at his age. Mm. Like, realistically, they're talking about now him carving people up at training still. Yep. Like, he's a young man still yeah, when yeah. you think about it. He's 37, I think he is. Yep. Yep. So, it's, yeah, I think Brooksy's finally in a position where... He's got someone that really, really... Because he, he could have shown him the door, right? Mm, and absolutely. goes, I want to start it with a clean slate. Maybe move even Adam Dwayhe into the seven jersey or get another halfback. Yep. But he didn't do that. Like, he was 100% behind Brooksy. Mm. So, Brooksy's got his chance. No, mate, I agree. And I think a big contributor to that decision would be that if you look at Brooks's raw skill set and the raw talents there, he actually does have it all to be an elite half in the game. Mm. You know, he's good speed, good footwork. Defensively, he's pretty solid. Like, he hangs on to uh, big blokes. I just think he needs someone to help him bring all that together. And who better than Benji Marshall? Week to week. Week to week consistency is a good thing, mate. All right, let's move to Stefano. And now 396K. I was going to say his name, but I was just like trying to – I was just tongue-tied. I was trying to even do it. 396K. Broke even at 27. Now, there is rumours that Nathan Brown's on his way. Mm. So only add to the actual mid-rotation because there's even rumours that Bateman might play in the 13 jersey, which probably isn't a bad idea. Like watching a lot of his games in Wigan last year, Mm. he spent a lot of time in the middle. He's an ageing player at 29. They think about Sean Bloor. He may be being on the right edge as well. We'll touch on Sean in a, in a second. But mm. there's a good chance that Bateman does find himself in the middle. You've got uh, Pole, who's also a very, very good prop. Yep. yep. Joe O has to fit in there. Mm. Clem has to fit in there. Twal as well. Twally has to fit in there. I'm a little bit concerned about Twally. But we'll come, we'll come back to that one. But, yeah, your thoughts with Stefano? Yeah, look, I know this is a... Bit risque to say, but I think I could be taking up Andy's sloppy seconds in terms of a love interest wow. on uh, on Stefano. Um, loving him as a mid-ranger this year. He's coming in at 396k, and there is a serious likelihood that he's on that on for that starting role, lining up in uh, in the front row alongside David Clemmer. Now, if he's uh, if he's pushing 45 to 50 minutes and scoring up around that 0.95 ppm, mm. he's a serious option. And, you know, we could be looking at in excess of 150, 200k that he puts on in value over the course of the season. So you love having those players in your side who can make a ton of cash. But as you said... He did it too, right? 2021. It's not like we're just trying to, like, imagining this stuff. Mm, he nope. did it. 100%. 100%. Um, but in saying that, you know, 2022 was a pretty quiet year for him. Um, there were some injuries in the mix there too, so we're hoping for an injury-free uh, 2023 for Stefano. But I think biggest uh, biggest risk which you called out is just this abundance of quality uh, middle forwards that the, the Tigers do have at their disposal. And look, they're going to have to get rotated somehow, but fingers crossed Stefano's a beneficiary of that. And uh, if so, I think he's a great one to have on your side. You can expect a lot of cash coming from him. 
Yeah, Gussie, what we'll do, we'll stick with a couple of these other gun mids and just talk about their value. Now, we're talking about David Clemmer and Joe O. Now, last year, both of those gentlemen played really big minutes, mm-hmm. had outstanding fantasy, because when you think about it, I think they ended up both in the top five mids. Yep. But it's a whole different, you know, we always, you know, you reanalyze on scenarios that have happened. New players come in, roles change, mm. and then you also got a 27-round season. Like, you got Clem, who was playing upwards of 60 minutes, I think, last year. Yep, yep. Joe O was playing sometimes 80 minutes, generally somewhere between that 60 and 70 mark. But, again, we talked about the stack of people in the mids. Probably makes more sense for them to come back and play 50, 55 minutes now. I'd agree, mate. I'd agree. And, you know, not too often can you expect two two top five fantasy mids to come from the same club. Mm. If you're looking at that list... All those boys are sort of from different clubs uh, over, over years gone by. The only exception to that is maybe, you know, Haas and Carrigan. See what they can push to do this year. But it is, uh, you know, it's a tricky tricky one to pin down when we haven't seen this uh, this side run out in trials and we haven't seen them play footy together. But they're both super quality players. Um, you know, Clem is 29, so he's probably uh, on the back end of his physical peak. Um, but I think the aggression that he's going to bring is exactly what the Tigers need. But then you look at Joe O and it's just consistent effort week to week. Yeah. Defensively solid. Um, you know, he just doesn't make too many mistakes. He's sort of been up and down in years gone by, but I think you've you've got a mature head on that bloke's shoulders now. So I think, um, you, you know, minutes pending, they're both bloody good buys, but the uncertainty around those minutes is, uh, is 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 just too much to justify around one selection in my mind. Yeah, same. But I reckon this might work out for us because those lower minutes early on mm. mean that they're scoring less, yep. less than their break even, start pricing out properly, and then maybe back end of the season, if the Tigers were actually in contention for the finals, mm. they might actually need them to play more minutes. Yep, yep. So we might pick them up maybe 100k cheaper, and then they start adding. Like, I'm still expecting them to score somewhere between that 45 and 50 mark. Mm. Mm. But... Okay. That's going to make them lose money week to week. Yep. So they'll come back to a more realistic level, and then maybe we can reassess, especially because they finished those buys early, and then jump on. Yep. Yeah, mate. And as you said, you know these Tigers guys could be a good option for for the run home. And if you can pad out your bench with David Clemmer and Joel Fahengiawi, they're pretty handy bench players to have. I think so. So uh, yeah, certainly keep them in the book. Now let's talk Apicoros here just quickly, mate. Now he comes in as one of their main attacking weapons now mm. because they haven't had a real standout number nine. They've had Jacob Little. Yep. They're also potentially going to carry maybe Jacob Jake Simkin or maybe Will Smith on the bench to give him a little bit of rest because I think again he's going to be well in the contention for Origin. I'll be surprised if he's not Origin hooker considering what Fitler did in Game Three last year. Mm. Now with Appy, you know he comes over. And he's looking probably a little bit expensive, especially considering what we saw from him at the end of the year. We do know his qualities, though. It's just, I think I'd be more just, I might sit back and just wait and see what his role is and then origin. Because I think back end of the season, especially again, if they're contending, I think he'll play more and more minutes. Mm, No, mate, I agree. I I think it probably makes sense to hold off uh, on Appy at the start anyway. Um, you know, he is a tempting option if you're not jumping straight in and going for a Grant, mm. uh, a Cookie, or even, you know, a Reese Robson type character. But I think, you know, it's fairly obvious to see that, you know, if you aren't taking either of those guys, you just haven't got a Premier Hooker lining up uh, lining up from day one, um, which we know how, how much value they can add to your fantasy side uh, over the course of a year. Um I think we've got to factor in Appy's getting on a bit as well. You know, yep. you said we've got the likes of Simkin uh, in the wings and he, he he's a bit of a young throbber coming through. So I think, um, you know, you, you can probably afford to keep an eye on him. But 
you know, say we're surprised and uh, and Appy does play 80 minutes week to week, you could really see a return for him to that 2021 form where he's making 56, 50 to 60 tackles yep. and uh, just, you know, a base points god. And if that is the case, not a um, not a bad pickup for your side. Yeah, so what we're saying is probably not in round one, but just keep watching him because he could have some value during the year. Now, namesake, John Bateman, 809k, break even to 56. I don't know who is doing the pricing over at NRL Fantasy. For them not to give him a discount, it's like they didn't even watch him in the World Cup or the Super League last year. Didn't even give him a mid-jewel. So it's one of those things that hopefully he does line up at at 13 because mm-hmm. then he'll get the tag for his mid, which could be, again, timing. So I don't think the 809, like, I can't, I think it's going to be very unlikely for him to hit 56 straight off the plane. And I think, again, him not having a preseason, it's going to be very difficult for him to be playing 80 minutes early on in the season. Agree. Agree, mate. I think you've got to keep in mind this guy's 30 years old and, there is a bit of bit of internal conflict when we're talking about uh, Johnny Bateman as uh, as a trap for for twenty twenty three because when I saw the signing come through, I was so aroused and I was not alone in uh, in, in that department. Quality player, mate. Like you're entitled to be. Mm, but you know, as excited as we are to see him at the club, I think he's just too much of an unknown quantity, as you said. Um, you know, Again, I, that's what I love about the Tigers: mm, the fact that they've got the last buy in round seventeen. Let's us have a really good look with who we want. Because can you imagine, Gus, come round 17, they have their buy, and you've got just a Hedris about down to 650, and he's got a jewel, but he's hit like three or four 50s in a row. Yep, yep. And he's finally found his fitness, finally got his timing right, and then you've picked him up at 650. I think timing for the Tigers players, I'd, like for me, I'm not going with any Tigers in round one. Mm-hmm. But... There's like five or six of them that I might want for the run home. Yeah, no, mate, I hear you. I hear you. And, you know, to add to that scenario, say he is playing upwards of 70 minutes on the edge week to week uh, for the run home, he could be an absolute stellar option. So I think definitely one to keep in mind, but it sounds like you could be three-date ruling him towards the back end of the year. I think so, man. I'm, I'm keen at the right's cash price. Speaking of cashies, now you guys have got a whole heap of them, man. Like, there's a few. I've got two of them already in my team. Why don't we start the bottom end and we'll keep the probably two prominent ones for the start? Because I think we could probably knock out Charlie Staines quite quickly. 372K, break even a 26. Like, at what stage would he interest you at all? I think you'd have to uh, ha- have to have good reasons to believe that he's going to lock down that starting wing role. Um, and with the you know the competition for those spots from Nofaluma and Kenny Mamalo, um, I think it's probably just too hard to justify in round one. But say we are you know say we're surprised by uh, Staines coming out at fullback in round one and the Dane Laurie switch to six that has been uh, been rumoured. You never know. He could be a terrific option at that point. So I think you really just need to monitor the role and uh, and get a good idea around job security for Charlie Staines before bringing him in. But if it's there, terrific option who could make you, you know, 150, 200K over the course of a year. I still think he gets a, like an unfair rap. Like literally, I think Cleary gave him some orders last year. Mm. Like he significantly dropped his error rate. And his carries went through the roof. Yep, yep. Like I think he had like 50 metres to his carries from memory, mm, mm. which was quite impressive. He just was the old man out. You know, unfortunately, Talon May was just so good with Tango on the left side that 
Toho had to come in somewhere, and unfortunately yeah. that means Charlie Staines was. But look how good he played in the grand final. Like, 100%. You know, he scored that grand final try, so you'd think he's coming into this year with a bag of confidence. But uh, Tigers signed three players that played in that grand final, and two of them won the competition. Is uh, Matty, are you saying these Tigers... I'm just saying that they're probably maybe better than people expect. I want to move on to Justin Matamua. Now, 230K, break even of 16. The coach loves him. The fans love him. I know he just, I think he had one single game last year where he got put in the min. Yep. But he's super talented. Is it a case that if they run four four benchies that are forwards, that he might nab that kind of 14 jersey and maybe run 15, 20 minutes weekly? Yeah, mate, strong chance, strong chance. You know, uh, he, he did benefit from that sort of Kamali's Kamal, uh, blood them young philosophy last year, and I think that little taste of first grade that he got, A, it puts him on the radar, and B, I think it serves him well. Like, now he knows what to expect when he comes into the side for this year. Uh, it's tricky to say whether or not he, he makes that four-player bench because the Tigers are just drowning in, you know, in serviceable mid and, uh, and edge forwards at the moment. So... Whether or not he's there for round one remains to be seen, but I think at some point throughout the year, you definitely do see him. And say the Tigers aren't firing on all cylinders towards the back end of the year and making the top eight look, uh, making the top eight looks unlikely. He's the sort of player who probably is going to get a run week to week in those, you know, rounds twenty to twenty-seven, close out the year, and just get him primed for a big twenty twenty-four. So I think definitely one to keep an eye on. But you've just got to monitor the role. Yeah, I think so too. Now, the last two are both coming off serious ACLs. Strawn Bloor and Tommy Talout, both 250k, break even to 17. I was speaking to my mate Graham the other day because my mate Graham is now the strength and conditioning coach rehab for the Tigers. So he's finishing off both of their rehabs. And he said they're both flying and oh, they're looking great. He said they won't have any issues for round one. So pending form, both will be 100% ready to go. 100% retained, will regain all strength and fitness, and they are looking very, very good. So he's expecting big things out of both of them. Yeah, I'd love to hear it. Both both are in my kind of my 21 right now, right? Because I see heaps of value in both of them, especially mm-hmm. if they both nab. What's a realistic... Bateman's going to be late, so there's a good chance that Blory, because he's been training... Mate, this guy's been training for, what, a year and a half now, poor yep. thing. yep. But we all know that, like, I guess we're all basing everything on him fighting Nathan Brown back in the day. Mm, yep, yep. But is the guy that's been spoken about more, he gets spoken about more than, than Joey Johns did back in the day for someone that's played like a handful of games. Yep, 100%, 100%. Man, Bloor, genuinely, he was shaping up to be cashy of a year before, uh, before Bateman came along. Um, and there is a bit of value in him at 250K, even though we do have, Bateman and Pupley on mm. the wings. Um, you know, as you said, round one, he is sort of half likely to to get a get a decent run there. Um, I think you know, as the season progresses, realistically, he's probably going to be a bit more of a slow burn in the in, in the cashy department, just given that Pupley and Bateman are more than capable of playing big big minutes on the edge. But I think, given the sort of loyalty that uh, the Tigers have shown to him over over the past few years, and they want to give him a chance, um, you know, he's had horrid luck with with injuries, so he's due for a run. I think, yeah, he, he's a strong chance of making that making that bench week to week and, and certainly coming on for, you know, 25 to 30 minutes. Yeah, with a break even at 17, I think he's a lock, especially if he's starting. And I know he's going to be a very, you know, high owner, but it's one of those things. Just go with the pack on that one. Yep. The other one is Tommy Talao. Now, he's a wing fullback centre jewel. Again, you know, his pedigree is fantastic. His dad, Willie, was an absolute dynamite for the doggies back mm. in the day. But, you know, he's, he's shown some promise in first grade. He's got a pretty good try-scoring strike rate. 
tidies up a little bit of his work rate and gets a little bit stronger in defence. You know, again, break even at 17. That's very, very cheap for a guy. Could be a great emergency just to have in there. 100%, mate. In that in that emergency role with the centre wing fullback, Jewel, he just offers you so much coverage too. Um, and there is a, there's a strong chance that he's going to be in that round one side in, in that outside back line. Um, I think he's got his nose ahead of blokes like uh, Brent Naden to, to crack that starting uh, starting 13. So I really think he, he's a good one to have. And you'd almost say borderline must-have. Mm. Um, you know, he's pretty pretty high percentage owned at the moment. Uh, I think you've got to go with the pack. Well, he's in, a, he's in a contract year too. So if he's starting, I think it's a nice little set and forget. You get a nice couple of little guys from the Tigers and then you can kind of reassess the guns moving forward. Yeah, for sure. But um, yeah, mate, with Talau, like you've got to keep in mind that that ACL he uh, he was coming off was late 2021. So by the time where we see round one kickoff, you know, that's sort of almost 18 months under the bridge. And the fact he's been under such a targeted strength and conditioning routine to uh, to run that rehab I'm not surprised he's back at full strength, as you said. Um, so it yeah. must have been bad, but when you think about, you know, the, the pro, you know, you'd think he would maybe have got back with maybe six or seven weeks to go because mm. Adam Dewey he did, and I think Adam Dewey he did his maybe two weeks before yep. Talau did. Yep. He yep. did his against Cronulla, and I think I think Talau did his in the final game from memory. So I think there was only two games apart from those two. Yep. But to think that Dewey he I think. What did he end up playing, like, the last seven or eight games? Yeah, he, he got... Oh, he, More? Even the last ten. Uh, he played six or seven games at 5-8, for sure, and I think he was lining up in the centres and on the bench for a few weeks before that. So. Oh, that's right, yeah. Yeah. So maybe it was a little bit worse than expected, but... All right, Gussie, that's uh, that's the Tigers, mate. That's some exciting prospects. Before we let you leave, of course, Talking League textbook, that's out now. Get your copy at TalkingLeaguePod.com. Game Day Squad, get in there. Yeah, there's a free mode to play. Get opening cards at gamedaysquad.com.au. But Gussie, really appreciate your thoughts, man. And we'll see you again Monday nights. Team Doctor, man, Gussie and Riles have been smashing that up. So great to have your company for all year this time, man. TK, always a pleasure. Keen for a big year. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. And we'll have another team preview shortly.